Welcome to the Truth and Grace podcast, hosted by Swan, Laterica, and Amber. Let's get ready for our newest episode. We hope you enjoy. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Oh, she coming in hot. Okay. All right. Let's go. Okay. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. She going to just repeat the same lyrics. We you can be, I don't know the rest mm-mm. of the wrong. Oh. You can be bright. Oh, That's bright. Not. You know the rest of the wrong. Because it's wrong. Happy Friday. That's what I deal with. She can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Y'all so happy because it's Truth and Grace Friday. Woo 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 woo. How y'all feeling today? How you doing? Okay, then. How you feeling, Terrica? Oh, not with say, that face. Feeling good, feeling great. <laughs> she keep coming on here with these canceled vibes. Uh-uh. She is not canceled. She coming back in the name of Jesus. Okay. Leave her alone. Not okay. to that, but okay. Amen. Yes. <laughs> she might get a podcast. Oh. She was the queen of radio. Okay. All right. All right. All right with the vibes. Okay. Well, we came in hot today because we can see clearly now the rain is gone. We can see all the obstacles in our way in Jesus' name. Oh, that's what it says. That is what it says. That's what the song, says. That's what the song writer was oh, saying. And then it do say it's going to be a bright. It's going to be a bright. Bright and sunshiny day. Sunshiny day. I knew day. I had that last part right. She had it right, but she just decided, you know what? Sometimes. Well, you're unsure, you don't know. You're just walking what you know. Listen, so you just repeat the same lyrics. Listen, I learned that when we was in the choir and we know the uh, words, they used to tell us to just say watermelon, mm. but not not actually say it, but just mouth it. Mouth it. And it looked like we knew what the choir watermelon. was Watermelon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, don't do that on the potty. Well, if everybody was saying watermelon, <laughs> not the potty, the podcast. <laughs> the potty. But yes, y'all, we can see clearly. The rain is gone. Yes, that's a good. That's Thank a good song. Keep you, keep you uplifted. You can see clear. Sometimes it's gonna be some rain, but once that clears out the way, it's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny, sunshiny day. day. Amen. Amen. What a rainbow! What a rain! I love rain. God put a rainbow Amen. in the sky to remind us of what. That he would never flood, flood the, the earth again. Mm-hmm. Let the church say it. Amen. Yes. I, it's been one time in my life, then we'll get to I just want to say, I've actually seen the whole circle. Rain, like, you know, rainbows are actual full circles. Yeah. And I was like, look at God. I always feel like when I see a rainbow, God is winking at me or something. Mm-hmm. I love it. But yeah, go ahead. So what we talk about today? So today, we're just talking about our vision. You know, the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so today we just want to talk about vision because there are a lot of people who don't have a vision. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they feel like they're dying or they're actually dying mm-hmm. because they have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing leading them and guiding them. When you have vision, you have purpose. Yeah. You have something to look forward to. You have something that's leading you. You know that that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because you haven't seen what God showed you come to pass. Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about today. What, what about about our vision? What is vision to you? I mean, it's, it's pretty much it's just seeing and knowing where you're going. It's having a clear view or or just even a plan. And it might not be correct. You might not hit every point with it. And you don't have to have, be one of those pl- people who plans out this is going to X, Y, and Z is going to happen this amount of days, this amount of time. I'm going to um, 
it has to be to the T. Every detail has to be spelled out. But just have having some sort of plan, some sort of goal that you are striving for, something that you are walking towards. And um, and I, because I used to be one of those people who didn't plan, who didn't try. Mm. And so now, and I'm learning as I get older that is that's not how you need to live life. So just for me, having vision. It's have it's dream even dream allowing yourself to have big dreams like dreaming to travel across the world or dreaming to buy a, a a nice house for yourself or whatever it is but just that's what to me that's what vision is so what about y'all so piggyback on that I'm, I, I agree it's like the same thing to have aspirations and goals you set in your life mm-hmm. like most people set like five ten year plans um in their life and see where uh, where they are to meet those goals and what all it will take. You know, and if it's uh, school, marriage, or kids, or whatever you have planned with you, yourself or your significant other, mm-hmm. you set goals and aspirations for your life. And um, and that's why a lot of people do vision boards. Yeah. So yes. um, that's, the, that's the, the, the big thing. Now, the popular thing is the first of the year. Even we did one yeah. um, this past season um, for our friends because we did a vision board. Right, right over there. Um, I miss. Yeah. Now we did a vision board for our lives, and um, I, I encourage anyone out there. You know, you can do them individually. You can do it as a couple. You can do it as a friendship. You can do anything you that you have goals and aspirations to set towards. You can do a vision board for. Yeah. So just just a little encouragement. But that's all it's about. Just setting aspirations and goals for yourself. Um, and what your your walking life like? What do you want to be, or where do you see yourself? You know, and you don't have to put no age limit because there is no age yes. limit. A lot of people do that. I did that when I first started out uh, planning my my goals in life. I wanted to have a house by this time. I wanted to have babies by this time. I want to be married by this time. And when you put limits on yourself, that's when you you take God out of it because okay. God knows the plans for your life. Yeah. So you don't set yourself and put limits on yourself. It's good to have aspirations on. Don't get me wrong. Five-year plan. But did you take those plans before God? Did you say, God, if with your permission, can I have this in five years? Yeah. Can I have this in 10 years or such and such? So, yeah, everything that you do, you know, every when you, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you won't even have to question if I have to take this before him. You're going to automatically say, God, I need you to order my steps. Mm-hmm. And and this is my desire, my heart's desire for these five years. If it's your will, may my will line up with your will. So yeah, what about you, Bishop? I think um, just even when y'all were talking, it made me um, just even remember that vision is having something to live for. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just like it said, without a vision, people perish. And when we don't have a vision, we don't have anything to live for. Um. And so just with, with us having something to see, um, for me, vision is a mental image. Um, I get a mental picture in my mind, whether God gave it to me um, in a dream throughout the night watch or whether it's something that I saw while flipping through a magazine or watching on TV. And I just had a knowing in my spirit that that's something um, that God wants me to do, whether it's a desire that he gave me. Uh-huh. But I get when I get that mental picture, when I get that mental image, that's something that the enemy can't take away from you. Yeah. Um, even for someone who's blind, you don't have to have physical sight to have vision. You can be blind yeah. and still have vision um, because we have that mental image. It's the ability to see. Mm-hmm. Um. That's why the Bible says that we walk by um, faith and not by sight. It's because we have that mental image. It's the ability to see in the spirit of what God has already shown us. Mm -hmm. 
And so for me, that's what vision is. It's my ability to live because of a picture, because of an image that God has shown me. And I know because God is not like man and he can't lie that whatever he said to me, that it shall come to pass. Absolutely. If there are images that I still have in my spirit that God has not allowed me to see like manifest physically yet in the earth, then that's my that's my ability to keep living and to keep fighting. That's what keeps me living because of the vision that God gave me, because of that picture that he showed me. So for me, that's that's what what vision is. Yeah. Um it's the thing that keeps me going. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. need that. We need that something to keep us going. We all need that. We all need that. And if we don't know what to dream for, what to to envision or what to what to shoot for, we pray. That's what the whole what the Holy Spirit helps us with. He's our helper. So ask the Lord, what is it? I mean, I've had even think back to when you were a kid. What was it that you dreamed of then? Because a lot of times those dreams you had as a kid that didn't come out of nowhere. Right. You didn't want to be like Swan. You even though you're not in law enforcement, you wanted to be a a, a police officer at one point in your life, didn't you? Didn't you want to be in law enforcement? Or I, I mean, that be a lawyer when I was a kid, but yeah, then you I want to be in law enforcement. Yeah, and then like those things that came up as a kid, that wasn't on accident. I wanted to be a movie star when I was a little girl. Like that, that wasn't by accident. You even if it doesn't manifest in that way, there is something about whatever you wanted to be as a kid. Like you said, you wanted to be an attorney. You are, <laughs> you advocate for people now. So you still, I mean, you're still in that field of fighting for people and arguing for them and intervening and interceding on their behalf. So you still pretty much got in the same wheelhouse, just in a different form. There's a reason why you felt that way. You had that inclination. The Lord gives us the desires in our heart. That can, that can I've heard that verse explained two ways. Either he's going to give us what we want or he actually, the desires we have in our heart, he placed that in us. Mm-hmm. So just... um. If you haven't dreamed in a while, if you haven't wanted for something in a while, go back to when you were a kid. Think about those things. What did I dream about then? Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to dream. And I know I know for me, I stopped dreaming for a while just because I, I feared disappointment. And what's so great about, like, dreaming just, it frees you from that whatever was bogging you down. It gets you back into having that childlike spirit, that childlike faith. So have a vision. Set goals for yourself. Put something impossible on your list. Say, I want to go to the moon or something. People going to the moon now. Jeff Bezos. I know you just pay for it. Right. So it's po- everything that you felt impossible. Trip there. Yeah. To the moon. Or it's a space. space. Yeah. So and just, then they'll allow you to see the earth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just, I mean, listen, there is nothing impossible with our God. So put it down on paper. Allow yourself, dare yourself to dream something that scares the crap out of you, but that you want to do. Allow yourself to do that. You have the right to, in Christ Jesus, that is your heritage. You have the right to dream and to be expectant of the Lord. So, And I just want to say something to piggyback off one thing that Amber said and one thing that Swan said. The first thing is this. You know, Amber talked about the desires that we had as a kid and what we're actually doing now. Like Swan saying, I wanted to be an attorney and and she wanted to go into criminal justice. Like even what she's doing now, Swan is law enforcement in the kingdom. Mm, come on in the now. kingdom of God, Big dog. she is an officer. She's law enforcement. Law enforcement, um, they make arrests. They make sure that rules and laws are being followed. In the kingdom of God, that's what Swan does. Mm-hmm. She is law enforcement. 
She makes sure that rules are being followed. Absolutely. She uses her trumpet mm-hmm. to make spiritual arrests. Because she will call you out. Lord Listen, have mercy. <laughs> and the Bible says, um, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Like this, she's blowing her trumpet to make sure that she's doing what she's supposed to do. And because of that, things are being arrested in the spirit mm-hmm. ring. Even like Amber said, the advocacy on her job. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a nurse, which is weird because I hate blood. I hate blood, and I'm not a fan of science. Crazy, I know, but I wanted to be a nurse. However, my uncle had to tell me one day, he said, you are a nurse. You are a nurse in the largest institution in the world. The church is a hospital. Mm-hmm. He said, you are a nurse in the hospital. So God, he did give me the desire in my heart. It just didn't look like how I thought it would look. Mm-hmm. And so if you look back on your childhood dream of the thing that you dreamed about being, more than likely you probably are doing that thing. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look like what you thought it would look like as a kid. But as an adult, see how you're operating in the kingdom. Amen. See how you're operating in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm nursing sick people back to health. Like, what are you doing in the kingdom of God? And then the second thing, even with Swan, she talked about how at a certain age, she thought her life would be a certain way. I did the same thing, y'all. And I used to get so frustrated, like, dang, I'm not here at a certain place. But you guys, a lot of that frustration came from expectations that other people put on me, Mm -hmm. that my family put on me labels and things that society placed on us especially if you're in the south if you're in the south you you got to be married by a certain age because mm-hmm. that's what's expected of you like maybe up north it's not like that they they, they feel like you have more of a free spirit or something mm-hmm. like that but when you're in the south you need to be somewhat serving sweet tea mm-hmm. and married and have kids mm-hmm. running around all that stuff by now mm-hmm. especially by the time you hit 30. Mm-hmm. Especially if you went out to college, like you was supposed, you you didn't go to college to go to college. You went to college to so your husband could find you. Lord have mercy. So there are expectations that other people put on us, and the thing about vision is we can't allow someone else's vision dictate the vision that God has given us. Like I can't that that's not my vision. That's your vision for me, and we have to learn how to be brave and bold enough to say to sometimes our parents or other family members, or even church members, that's not the vision that God gave me. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people will try to place their vision for your life upon you. Mm-hmm. And and we can get yeah. um stuck in a place that God didn't intend us to be in mm-hmm. because we're taking on society's vision mm-hmm. or we're taking on the vision of our family members. And God is like, that's not the vision that I have for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in mm-hmm. just and, when I was listening to y'all. Yeah, even on that, too. Also, we can get stuck in maybe even if we've made some mistakes or some decisions that put us in a place we didn't expect for our lives so we didn't see ourselves. We can even get stuck in that and complacent with that and even start blaming God or blaming ourselves or something and using that as an excuse not to move forward in what we wanted or what we or set any different type of plan or goal to get out of that to change the direction of our lives. Well, don't don't use that as an excuse. Don't use that as the 
a crutch anymore. Like, yes, that happened. And it might not have been what God intended for your life. It might not be what you intended for your life. But that doesn't mean it's the last chapter of your life. It doesn't mean you have to stay in that. And it doesn't mean God can't use it. He can absolutely use it. I call him the great recycler all the time. God will reuse anything you allow him to. Give it to him. He gonna, he will pretty it up. He'll do something with it. Mm-hmm. And, and use it for your good and for his glory. Amen. Yeah. Just because you get rejected from things, and certain things, it's not his timing. Like you said, he's a guy who recycles. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was not that season for you to for you to prosper in that area. So he recycles, and when mm-hmm. it's time for him, and he know you're going to be successful in that area. That is the time that he brings it at that very the right moment, mm-hmm. and that and you will it will look if it would have happened if you would have birthed that thing too early, it would you would have miscarried. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to wait until your full term until he use you until he brings you to a certain point in life for you to give birth. And you you see it as rejection. He just see it as a birthing process. Mm-hmm. So don't ever take rejection wrong. It's, it's easier said than done because rejection doesn't feel good. But you have to turn everything that the enemy try to do for a negative and you fry bad. God going to turn around for your good. It was, It's just when your season to to grow. It wasn't time for your seed to sprout yet. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful that when you when you dealing with the with the season of, of rejection and things like that. Just speaking of re- rejection and just things not lining up and stuff like that, like what was life like for you before you had a vision? Oh, Ooh. Lord have mercy. That verse you read at the beginning, where there is no vision, <laughs> the vision the people will perish. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely my life. Like that that verse when I finally heard my pastor use, preach on that showed me my life. I didn't even recognize that's why the things were going on in my life before I heard that verse and heard my um, pastor speak on it. Like, my, I just wasn't saving any money because I had no reason to. I was like, well, I'm stuck here. What's the point of saving money? I can't afford to move out. I'm stuck. I was just, I mean, just eating up all my money or spending on clothes or just spending on nothing, really. Just, I, I couldn't tell you why my money went. Um, Just, just going through the motions. Just, I just felt dead. Just, there was just nothing. nothing. I felt like, okay, well, something, if something does come along, it'll happen. Like, I didn't aspire to anything. I didn't hope for anything. I didn't really didn't pray for anything. If I prayed for anything, it was things that were temporal. In the moment, God, I don't feel good. Help me to get over this. But I didn't pray for anything long term. I didn't have a, um, I had never, at that time, I never did vision boards or anything like that. I just, I wasn't the type of person to dream or hope or want for anything. I could say I wanted to do something, but I never actually took the steps of faith to make those things happen or to start them. But yeah, my life, whew, my, my life was just, I'm just existing. I'm going through the motion. I get up, go to work. Go to church, go home, eat, sleep, repeat, pretty much. That was it for me. Mine was kind of similar. It was like I was stagnant, stuck in a play, in a dry place because mm-hmm. I never had aspirations and things like that after mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. I did. I got a bachelor's degree. Didn't nobody ever give me a job in that field. I felt stuck. You know, mm-hmm. what was the purpose of getting out in all this student loan debt? You know, saying you ain't even using this degree. Like my mindset was in in the wrong place. I never did. All I did was, like you said, spend money on um going out, partying, buying mm-hmm. clothes, drinking, having fun. All my focus was on. I never thought about. Oh, it's time for you to grow up until mm-hmm. God found me in my broken place. And then when he when he 
you know, rescued me and, and saved my soul. And then I did a turnaround. Like every door that I thought was closed in my life permanently start opening. I, I went back to school. I, I was out of school for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Like 13 years since I had a, a bachelor's. I was out of school. God stopped opening doors. Like, I would never thought that I would be on my way, almost done with my master's, on my way trying to get a second master's or deciding if I want to go to get a matter of doctorate. Never would have thought I would be in this place trying to level up in education or working with in my job or working, having a career. I never thought I would have a career. I always had jobs. I'm not knocking anybody who doesn't have, like, you know, who work. You work, you work, you work. It's all about your ethics and and when what God has placed with what season He's placed you in. But I never thought I would have a career. I always was like, it is what it is. And some of the time, I just quit for that. I didn't want to work. Like you know, I I was a la- I had a lazy spirit. Didn't want to work. Didn't have to work. Cause I already knew that either my husband's gonna do it or my daddy or my mom's gonna do it. Somebody gonna do it. I didn't have to worry about. It. But now I'm in a season where I, I desire to work. I desire to go and see about my babies every day. I desire to, you know, learn stuff in school. I desire to further my education. And, and I desire for my ministry to grow. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought I'd be in the place of uh, even speaking about having a ministry. Who? Not me. Mm-hmm. Not the old me. So, yeah, it was a, a place of, sta- a, a place of in, in, I was in a rut. In, in just like in a, in a, a pit. Mm-hmm. Yes. With, with, with no, a crab in a barrel trying to get out. Mm-hmm. With no way of getting out. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt. What about you, Rev? Bitch, up. <laughs> I cannot with one. <laughs> so for me, I just I just felt lost, to be honest. And I can even um, identify with Swan just talking about, you know, just going to school, graduating with your bachelor's and not having anything to do. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, oh, I just wasted money on that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I honestly felt. And it wasn't until I completely just said, okay, God, I surrender to you. And at the time, excuse me, I didn't know what that really looked like, but I knew <clears throat> that God had a plan for me. I knew it involved something bigger than what I was, and a lot of it involved some things that I did not want to do. Um, but I was completely and totally surrendered, and I was like, God, I don't want to be lost anymore. So whatever this looks like, like I need you to help me with it. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> like when I started praying that, and I started telling God, um, there's a scripture in the Bible after um, Jesus uh, um, is resurrected and he comes back to the disciples when they're um, out on the boat mm-hmm. and they catch the, the largest amount of fish they've ever catched. I think it was 153 fish um, when they were out on the boat all night and Jesus tells them to cast their net to the other side and they do. And then they recognize it's Jesus and they come back. Well, afterwards, that's right after Peter betrayed him, too, and denied him three times. And he comes up to Peter and he says, Peter, will you feed my sheep? Mm. He asks him, will he feed his his, his lamb first? Um, and then he goes on to ask him, will you feed my sheep? And he asks him this question three times. And I remember God asking me that. Like, Leterica, because I always said, God, I don't want to be no pastor. He used to tell God, yeah, I didn't ain't, I ain't even want to be a preacher. I said, I used to tell God, no, like, mm-mm, go ask somebody else. Like, <laughs> like, mm. and he would come back and say, well, you feed my sheep. Mm. And I used to be like, now, God, we done had this conversation. <laughs> now, how many times I got to tell you, mm. please go ask somebody else. Mm. But he would always come back and say, Leterica, will you feed my sheep? And it wasn't until I completely surrendered and was like, yes, 
that things started lining up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think initially that I actually ever had a vision. It was his vision. Like, Leterica, this is what I need you to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I ever had an initial vision. Mm-hmm. It was God and his loving kindness that kept pursuing me. Because mm-hmm. I was still saying, no. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> this don't look like anything I want to do. Because in my mind, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I've seen enough preachers and pastors uh, be professional whores, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, prostitute their um, congregation, mm. um, lie, steal, cheat, fornicate, mm. smoke more weed than the dope man. That too. Like I have, I've seen some pastors and some preachers do some stuff, and I had made up my mind I ain't want no parts. That if I ever did say yes to God, that I wanted to be completely sold out and I wanted to be for real about it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to play with God. Like when I did say yes, I wanted to make sure that my yes was sincere. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I'm coming to you and I'm for real. Like, I know some people are like, well, things happened along the way after I started preaching. Well, I didn't want to be that preacher to talk about one thing in the pulpit and then live a completely different lifestyle in private i never wanted to be that and so honestly my vision didn't come from something that i just felt was gonna happen it was him him pursuing me and asking me to do something for him and he kept asking he kept asking he kept coming back (laughs) the day you hear his voice harden out your heart (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i could have ran out of time but god Mm -hmm. was patient and kind with me Amen. And and he just kept coming back. Um, But before my life, before I had a vision, like I said, I was like swan. Like nothing was coming together. I I tried and applied for so many teaching jobs with my undergrad in English. I graduated in 2010. For eight years, y'all, I tried. Mm. No one hired me to teach. No one. It wasn't until 2018. Mm. Like, I was trying. And God was like, no, because I keep asking you. I keep, like, and for me, it wasn't so much the sheep. It wasn't the grown people. It was the lambs. Like, God was more concerned about the lamb. It was the children. Mm. He was like, you, 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 it ain't the grown people. It's these kids you don't want to own. And I was adamant about it. Like, I I was applying for teaching jobs, but I really didn't want to. My heart wasn't in it. Mm. I didn't want to have anything to do with kids. Y'all, I would see kids and go in the opposite direction. <laughs> but kids would follow me. Mm-hmm. It used to be so random. Like, everywhere I went, somebody, kids would follow me. Mm. When I worked at Winn-Dixie, kids used to come in with their parents and come stand by me at my register while their parents shopped. And I used to be like, go find your mama. I don't even know you. Mm. Kids have always they come to, to find me. me. But I didn't, I didn't, I was like, God, I, this is not what I want. Uh-huh. So he had been, that was his vision for me all along, but I was running from it. And sometimes we run from the vision that God has for us because we're trying to do something else. Yeah. I think that's, we're lost. that is the root of it. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I, um, big time had no, no desire to come back home to Montgomery. No desire. And if I was going to come back home, it wasn't going to stay. Lo and behold, the Lord had other plans. Mm -hmm. And I am very, very much planted here. And what helped me 
to be okay with being planted here is again having a purpose when i finally got plugged in with a good um spirit filled church and had um some, started serving going being in, in small groups and being active in the church and just getting to know people outside of my family and making friends that's when i was like okay i can I can see why I am here now. I can have peace with being here now. And I can finally, after how many years, agree with God having me here. And even with, um, it's crazy, even with what God has shown me from my life. And I, I've, I've talked about this before in, a, in previous episodes. How great the things are that he's told me about my life. It was still some things I was like, that ain't what I want. Like, with this house, I'm like, I was very adamant. I want me an apartment downtown. I know the, the one I want everything. I got it written down. I'm sticking on my Mia. It's already done, Lord. That's what I said I wanted. I, and I, <laughs> and every time I tried to get an apartment, it, it did not work out by the grace of God. Because mm-hmm. I've heard, I just read the news. What was the news. Did y'all see the news article about um, rent has gone up 17% in the past year? Mm. So anyway, <laughs> just, it was, um... I'm grateful that literally everything that God wanted me to do, he, he real deal intervened. Like anytime it was like, it was a God thing. God was like, okay, I need you to go to this university. I need you to live in this place. I need you to meet this person. It's always been, when I look back on those things, it was no way that I could have messed it up. If that made, like I, I couldn't get in the middle of the God had already, God said, made me like, I won't say made me. It was me. amber proof. Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. It was very amber proof. Cause I I would mess something up big time. <laughs> no, but just and that's all of us. Yeah, we, we all mm-hmm. try to get in his way mm-hmm. and help him. I think that's something that that women operate in because of Sarah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I think God meant such and such. So let me try let to me help try him. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had to go lay what with the Hagar. Hagar. Hey, Bless your heart. But we don't want no Mishmael. We don't want no Ishmael. We want Isaac. Isaac, The promise. We want the promise in Jesus' name. But um, I just, I'm appreciative of the Father for being so much smarter than me. Bless the Lord. (laughs) But just just for being so, and and being kind. Kind enough to actually want his plan to be for my life because his plan is good. Mm -hmm. Kind enough to share his vision with me. He ain't have to tell me nothing. Mm -hmm. Kind enough to share and kind enough to be patient with me. To get to the point where I can not only agree, but be obedient to it. And and finally do the steps I need to and walk in the steps I need to to walk it out and to see it come to fruition. Because even now the things God even spoke to me last year, I'm starting to see the beginnings of it, the budding of it. And it's overwhelming. And it's weird because I've seen, like, I've had words spoken. I've heard God say something. I've seen it happen. But every time it happens, it still blows my mind. It's just so, like... Oh, this is the God thing that God told me about. And this happened. Happen. I can't mess. Don't mess it up, Amber. Don't get, like I get weird and get nervous. Like don't mess this up. But it's just it's so interesting. And a lot of times too, when He does give you a word or He does give you a vision, the process of it is going. It won't look anything like you would expect it to. Um. So yeah, just but. But yeah, I, I'm rambling though. So Swan, Latera. Yeah, for me, like um, like I said, the vision, like he made it plain. You write the vision, like he made it plain to me what he wanted me to do. Like, and it started for me with a prophecy. It was told me I need to 
work with kids and or serve kids in some kind of format. And I just attributed that to my to that as a desire for me because of me desiring to be a mom. You know what I'm saying? And I try to kind of brush it off and I and, and didn't even think about it at first. I was like, yeah, you know, I just it's just me. I just heard what I wanted to hear. I know he told me to serve. Mm-hmm. I can serve. I was trying, you know, trying to serve in kids' church, at church or whatever. And for some reason, I can never get my background stuff to go through. I did everything. The the, the system would never, you know, take my background. And I know when nothing wrong. Felonies. I'm just fine. Or whatever. <laughs> and I knew when nothing never wrong with my background or whatever. And so like. That's what made me apply to my job. It was just like out of the like out of the blue thing. Like I did it, like just being obedient because they he told me I need to serve kids in some format, and that's why I applied to where I applied to, and I got a job, and I've been there like nine months, and it, and it's been like the best nine months of my life. Oh, like yeah. I've been able to see his vision for me, like and and not only that, it has, it has helped me in my heart struggling with infertility like those kids they they can never be like biologically mine or what i did but they they have opened my heart to something bigger like mm. it opened my heart to desire i always wanted to be adopt but it it, it has opened that, that door i mean it bust that door wide open mm. like i know like i only said when we adopt i want to do zero to um five now my number has extended. God said, no, it's zero to 12. These older kids need someone to pour into them mm-hmm. while you can still, before they reach puberty, you still can pour into You can reach them in that place. Mm-hmm. So the, the, everything, my eyes are so like wide open when it comes to advocating for kids who don't have nobody to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. And just being like opening my home up to them. And that, that's my desire. And I'm so glad my husband is on board. Like, the process has been it's, it's a journey, but it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm being obedient in every area. And I feel like once I open my once I open my heart, because I at the job I had to open my heart. Yeah. And now I'm about to open my home, and God's gonna open my womb, mm-hmm. and it's it. And I feel like this this how it's gonna flow, and it's just a beautiful experience. And so now Amen. I said, boom in your face, devil, you do not win. Come on now, Amen. Amen. I just wanna um. Just read something, just thinking about even what Swan said, um, just about the children, like the prophecy about the kids. I've had so many dreams about kids. And sometimes we, like I said earlier, sometimes we think God's going to do it one way. And God is like, yeah, that's what I showed you, but that is not the way that I'm going to do it. Like, (laughs) my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not like yours. Like, they're higher. And so just even when Swan was talking um, it just reminded me of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and how God may even be orchestrating what he's going to do. It reminded me of Isaiah 54. And I just want to read uh, the first, I think, four verses. And it says, uh, Sing, O childless, childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. And y'all, I love this passage. Like Isaiah 54 is one of my favorite 
passages of scripture. And even with Swan saying, like, these kids may only be my kids for a season, but they're still yours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and Isaiah tells us to rejoice. Like, now you have more children than the woman who's giving birth. Amen. Like, how can I have more kids than a woman who's giving birth? Mm-hmm. I know some women who've had, I know one woman who had 18 kids. Ooh. And God is saying, sing, because now you have more women than her. My first year teaching, I had 163 kids. My, my. God is saying, sing, Laterica, because you have more children than her. And mm. one year, you have more children than the woman who actually birthed children. Mm. And he said, I'm telling you to sing because you have never been in labor. Mm. I need you to sing because you have more children than this other woman. He says, enlarge your house, build on addition, my, spread my, my. out your home, and spare no expense. He said, enlarge the place of your tent. Like, I'm going to do something in your house. Build on an addition. And people might be thinking, well, why you got so much space? It's just you. Because God said, I need to enlarge my house. I need to spread out. I need to to build an addition because my house is going to be bursting at the seams. This is the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And and it's not going to look like what our lives are not always going to look like what someone else thinks it should look like. Our time is not going to always look like what someone else thinks it should look like. Because God is saying, I got children somewhere who don't have parents. Mm -hmm. Like somebody birthed them, Mm -hmm. but they don't have parents. And I need you to stretch out your tents because there are kids who need you. They need a place. And sooner or later, you're going to be bursting out the seams. Like you're going to look around and you're going to have babies everywhere. Mm -hmm. My baby, one of my kids this morning, her grandma texted me, y'all. At 6 o'clock this morning, it said, good morning, Miss Gibbs. Um, such and such want to know, are you coming to work today? Because she said, if you ain't going to be there, she don't want to come. Mm. <laughs> really? <laughs> I said, uh, I'm on my way, but ask her why she don't want to come. Mm. And the grandma texted back and said, uh, it's just that you have a spoil, Miss Gibbs. Mm. Really? Enlarge the place of your team. Come on down. That's the thing. Her grandmother is raising her. Because her mom is not available. Yes. Dad ain't either. This is her dad's mom that's raising her. They're not in the position. Yes. But enlarge the place of your tent because you never know how God is going to place you in a child's life to be what they need. Absolutely. So guys, like enlarge the place of your team. More yes. of the children of you than the, than the one who's actually birthed kids out of her. Mm-hmm. Right. There are yes. so many kids who are lacking what they need from their parents from birth to to adults. There are adults still walking around with father wounds and mother wounds, and they need mothering. They need fathering. Mm-hmm. And they don't need someone that's going to try to manipulate them and control them, but they need someone who's going to love them the way that Christ needs them to be loved that's so that true. those wounds could be healed in the name of Jesus. God says, I place the lonely in families. Yeah. And so he's like, I... I, you may be thinking, oh, I haven't had kids yet. But he's like, your heart is for those who need to be loved, who need to be mothered. And I put something in you, and you're going to be such a blessing to those whose parents couldn't be what they needed them to be. Absolutely. Amen. So he's like, enlarge the place of your tent. Yeah. Add an addition to your house. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, I know you thought you was adding on 
you know, you thought you were screening in your patio, but really that's gonna be a whole nother bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's saying, I oh I know you thought you got a new house and you thought you know that was gonna be a guest room, but guess what, girl? Tay Tay about to move in with you. Mm-hmm. This little two year old baby about to move in with you. Right. You know, he's saying stretch open. And that's what God wants us to do. There's so many people that need to be loved. Mm-hmm. So many people who probably are getting married to people who have kids and you probably don't have kids. And he's like, I'm doing something because there's something in you that's going to love those kids the way that they need to be loved. Mm-hmm. And we might not understand it now. You might be like, well, God, that is, that is not what I thought I saw. And God is like, this is what I showed you. Mm-hmm. You just thought you yeah. saw something else, but this is what I showed you. This is the picture. Absolutely. So. And that that's really good because that touches on another point where whatever vision or whatever dream you have is not just affecting you. And it's not just for you. Mm-hmm. You have so many other people, whatever the vision and dream the Lord has placed in you, whatever he has planned out for you, is so many others attached to that. Mm-hmm. So that young girl who... who Little girl who won't come to school because Miss Gills won't come. If if you won't coming, that's what that love that the Lord has now finally placed in you that you've allowed for children I now. <laughs> that you've allowed. That's for that little girl, so she can look forward to coming to school. Cause she not only does she need to come to school to love, she need to also learn. So <laughs> the Lord needs a reason for her to come to school and come to a safe place where she knows she's be safe and taken care of. And when you feel safe, that's when you can open up and and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's when you are able to receive. So she's going to take the lessons that she learns and she's going to grow up with it. Whatever the seeds that you are planting, they're going to be able to be planted on good soil because she is in a safe place. So whatever vision and dream you have, it is actually more selfish more selfish to deny yourself of dreaming and having mm-hmm. those visions because you do not know what the Lord needs you to do in the earth if you don't allow yourself to dream, if you don't push yourself to that point. And I get it. I was the one who didn't dream, who didn't want to have a vision because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to be disappointed. <laughs> I didn't want to end up in a place I, that didn't look like what I wanted, even though I was already in a place that didn't look like what I wanted. Like even I remember um, a few years ago, I got a great word from the Lord, but I didn't realize it made me sad. Because something I had always dreamed was to move to New York. And I felt like this word I got from the Lord meant that would never happen for me. And it wasn't until I actually took a um, trip to New York with my best friend that I I realized, oh, I'm actually grieving this word I got from the Lord. And what I had to recognize is just because the Lord said this thing does not negate this other dream I have. And the Lord had spoke to me. We were on a, a on a on a boat. We did a little cruise around the um. I was about to say Alpha Town, the Statue of Liberty, to see the Statue of Liberty. And it was on that boat. The Lord, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me. He said, "You have my permission to also dream to come and move here and live here or work here. Me telling you what I told you for your life does not mean this also won't happen. Actually, this what what I told you could very well end you up here. So I just so I had to give myself the permission to keep." dreaming what I wanted and also receive and accept and walk in what God told me as well. So just because God told you one thing, it also doesn't cancel out something else. Like we've been talking about all night or all day. Like we, um, what the Lord shows you just cause it don't look like what you want or how you want it does not mean it's not going to come out for your best or for your good or how you want it to. So, or in the, in the timing, mm-hmm. just yeah. because God <clears throat> gives us a vision it don't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Like, listen, God will show you something, and it could be 20 years from now, 
before you see what God showed you. Think yes. about Joseph. Now, this was mm-hmm. a dream in the night watch. God gave Joseph two dreams, but it took him 13 years mm. to get to what God showed him. Think about Abraham and Sarah. They had a long week. Years before they got to what God showed him. Showed them. Think about Daniel. God gave Daniel a vision, and Daniel, it didn't even manifest part of it in, in Daniel's lifetime. Like it didn't even happen in his lifetime. Daniel was so far ahead in what God showed him. So some of the things may not even happen in our lifetime yeah Mm. but god will reveal it to us because some of us are intercessors and god is saying right now in this season while they're in the earth i need to use their intercession Mm -hmm. to birth what it is i showed them Mm -hmm. so can he even trust you to pray even though you may not see it Mm. so it's like we can't get frustrated or keep getting frustrated with the timing of God. Amen. Sometimes I do, y'all. I just be like, God, don't even show me. Like, God, don't don't show me. Because mm-hmm. I don't even want to see it, God. Because, you know, if I see it, then I'm going to get excited. Then I'm going to get upset. Because I don't even know when it's going to come to pass. So mm-hmm. just don't even show me. Just don't show me. Mm-hmm. You know, but then sometimes I get frustrated. I just be like, oh, I wish God would just show me something. Give me a little glimmer of hope or something. <laughs> so what is so, you want me to show you? No, you want me to show you. Don't want me show But that's why he said those gentle reminders like it was 13 years ago that we're gonna be married 13 years so it was like 13 years ago that i had i came from um bible study one night i was going to um oh excuse me I forgot. I was anyway i was coming from bible study and i was crying after the uh after the service or whatever i was just, tra- just dealing still dealing with infertility or whatever and i was telling god you know i feel womanless I feel un unworthy. I feel empty. I feel broken. I and mean, all that I was just I, everything that I was crying, cry, and saying, doing while I was crying, like it was like going into the atmosphere or whatever. So mm-hmm. when I got home and and um I was laying on my couch and the Seven Hundred Club came on, they was like touch every area in your body that needs healing. So I touched my head and my stomach because I was having dealing with headaches and my stomach because you know of infertility or whatever, and the lady stopped in the midst of her prayer and she said somebody who is watching right now who is struggling with infertility god told me to tell you you are not one on this god told me to tell you your womb is open Mm -hmm. you are not broke everything that i spoke Mm -hmm. she spoke back to me Mm -hmm. and when i tell you i got up off that couch and i ran around and i praised and i worship god because i know He's real. I know he hears us. I know mm-hmm. he hears our cries. I know he's close to the brokenhearted. Absolutely. So all, it, it took 13 years. It, we still we still it haven't came to pass yet. But the waiting process, we've been going through the process. But to know that I'm actually, I can just like taste it. It's just like this close to me. I, like I said, I don't know if it's because I started working with kids and my heart has been open. And I, my, my whole, my vision has been shifted and a whole lot of things are starting to happen. But I feel like what those words that I was spoken, everything that she spoke back to me from what the Lord was telling her is about to come to pass. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it will always, the vision don't happen overnight. It don't, it take time. Sometimes it take years. Sometimes, it, like I say, it don't happen in this lifetime. We never know when it's going to happen. But I, I that always stood out to me because I always thought those when people on TV, some people on TV, you can't believe what they say. But that night, I was like, okay, 700 Club. And, and even with that, I feel like God will place us in positions. Like, he's placed us in positions now. 
And for those of us who are walking in the vision that God has given to us, like we have completely surrendered. And for those of you who haven't, I would encourage you, yes. surrender to the vision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whatever it is that God keeps pursuing you about, go ahead and say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, It may not bring immediate relief, but once you start walking in it and living in it, I promise you it will bless you every time you walk in um, the plans and the purposes that he has for you. Every time you go out and you if you're you're doing ministry and like it does not have to be in a pulpit mm-hmm. you don't have to be a pastor or a preacher like you none of those things but when you're obedient um to the vision that god has given you it will bring healing to areas in your life that you didn't even know you needed healing mm, yes. in and some of the things that we've been praying for and waiting for god to do they have not come to pass yet because god is like i'm using you in this season to bring healing to the areas that need to be healed in your life so even like that little girl today, like the, the grandmother who texts me. So I, I went into morning duty um, and I'm in morning duty and she comes and she sits by me. Like she was sitting somewhere else, but she came and literally. So I'm sitting on, on one bleacher. She comes and sits on the bleacher um, in front of me. She sits in between my legs and she turns around. She gives me a big hug. She said, Miss Gibbs, I'm so happy to see you. And I bust out laughing. I said, yeah. I said, you had your grandma text me at 6 o'clock this morning to see if I was coming. <laughs> she said, yeah, Miss Gibbs, because them people had made you mad yesterday. Ooh. She said, and I thought you weren't going to come because they made you mad. I said, oh, baby. I said, I knew that. I said, because when I was praying, that's what the Lord told me. I said, but I had said what I had to say, and I was done. And I said, so I'm here. So she just leaned back on me, and she just sat there. Y'all, it used to be a time where I did not like for people to touch me. Like, I'm not, I I'm, I was not an affectionate kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like people to touch me. I didn't like people to hug me. I didn't like any of that because of something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, for me to be in a space now where a kid can touch me and I don't push you off of me, oh. that's healing. So, she may be thinking, I need my teacher I'm living out the vision that God showed me, but in the midst of the vision, God is saying, I'm going to heal you. Hey, come on now. And I just feel like even for Swan, like you're living out the vision that God has showed you and spoke over you, but in the midst of the vision, God is healing. Absolutely. Not only is he healing, but he's teaching our hands how to war. Because I've always said this for whatever God has for me to birth, what whomever my kids are going to be, spiritually, physically, mentally, they're going to be so powerful in the kingdom of God. And God is like, even right now, I'm preparing you how to war for them yeah. by the way that you're warring for the babies that I've given you that you did not physically mm-hmm. birth. Yeah. Amen. And I'm a firm believer that if you are faithful over few, I'll make you ruler over many. So even now, I have few in my class in number, but one day, God said, I'll give you the nations if you ask for them. Daily, I'm asking for the nations. He's going to make me ruler over many. Mm -hmm. David said, nations I didn't even know now serve me. That's the word. Not that I need somebody to serve me, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, I'm going to live out the vision so that God can get the glory. There are nations assigned to me because I prayed for them. Mm. That's the vision. And my babies, I'm like, y'all can be anything. You can do anything. There are nations inside of your womb. And some of them have never left 
the, the, the county that they live in or they've never left Montgomery. I'll never forget, we took some of them on a field trip to Birmingham to the McWayne Center and y'all y'all would have thought we stepped into Paris. The way they were pulling out their cell phones and taking pictures and recording, they never went that far. Mm-hmm. Never. But I'm like, yeah, you, you, you probably think, okay, this is the world right now. But there are nations inside you have mm-hmm. not seen the things that God have prepared mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You can't even perceive it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm your teacher this year. Because you encountered me, I'm going to speak it over you. So there's so much attached to the vision yeah. that God has shown us. Yeah. And if we will just be obedient to the vision, Amen. we will not perish. Yeah. We will not die. Yeah. The people attached to the vision, they will not perish. They will not die. There are people waiting on us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So just remember, it's not about you. I think that's it's the most. bigger than you. It Everything that you, you do for the kingdom, it's bigger than you. Yeah, it's bigger than you. That's like so I good, had to say, yeah. when I had to lay hands on my baby and pray for her and, and cast them demons out, mm-hmm. oh, it was serious. I was yeah. praying that like she was my, I mean, I was on assignment. You, yeah. do you, you belong to me in this moment. Mm-hmm. Long as you are my assignment, you're assigned to me. As long as you're my, I'm going to war for you like I war for my, like I birthed you out my womb. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the devil going to feel me. He going to feel where I'm coming from mm-hmm. when it comes to you. And just to get the embrace after it was over, mm-hmm. that, that I know you, you did this because you love me. And they don't understand because she wonder she's six. She really don't understand what's going on, but she kind of do, but kind of don't. Yeah. She just know what you did for me. You released me. You love me. So can I hold you? Can can you just hold me in your arms Amen. right now? Amen. And that just melted my heart. I was like, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So amen, y'all. So yeah. keep pushing. So, keep praising. Absolutely. Keep interceding. Get God's vision for your life. Absolutely. If you've never had one, ask God, God, what is your vision for me? And once he tell y'all, don't be like me, rejecting the vision. (laughs) Do not reject the vision. Go ahead and surrender to the vision. Amen. I've been so excited about doing this episode because I know how much having a vision has helped me. Having Mm -hmm. a vision for my life. And dreaming and even allowing myself to dream again and dream big. The Lord wants you to dream big. That's something else he's spoken over me. and And it's applicable to all of us. Dream big. You are allowed to have big dreams. You are allowed to dream big. You are allowed to. And to hope and be expected of the Lord. So please be, we hope this encouraged you all to seek out and search your purpose and to seek a vision from the Lord, to seek direction from the Lord and to hear from the Holy Spirit on this and to dream, dream, dream again, dream again. So open up your eyes and hearts to the Lord and to what he is doing. Because he cannot harm you, he will not harm you. His plans for you are for good and not for harm. To prosper mm-hmm. you, to give you a hope and a future. So trust that and know that. And all of this is for your good, it's for his glory. And there are so many other people attached to your assignment. So this isn't even about you. So get out of your own way and move forward. Move forward now. Go Even now, we challenge you. Do a vision board. It's not too late to make one for 2022. It's not. Go write down your dreams. What are your biggest dreams, your biggest aspirations? Go um, make a list of five things that you want to accomplish in this year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years. Go write it down. And if it doesn't happen in the timing that you wrote it down in, it's okay. okay. That is okay. You can always add to it or take from it. So 
you just need somewhere to start. That's the, the timeline and the frame. That's just somewhere to start. It's not a constraint. It's not a restriction. And it's not something to condemn you or to keep you in bondage. It's just a starting point. Just start and trust the Lord to see it through for you. So we love y'all. We thank y'all yes. for listening. Come, let us know what do you, what are your biggest dreams? What are your biggest hopes? Or what are you working on right now? What is some, a goal? What is a goal that you are actually working on and pursuing right now? We want to hear from y'all. We love to hear from y'all. If y'all um, need to email us, if you have any prayer requests, you can either directly message us on social media or you can email us at Truth and Grace Podcast, Truth and Grace Podcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on Instagram at Truth and Grace Podcast or on Facebook, Truth and Grace Podcast. As always, we love y'all. Thank you for rocking it out. Is this episode 11? This is episode 11. Yes. Y'all, we only got one more episode left in this season. I'm not going to get sad. I'm not going to be sad. This was a great episode. So y'all send us some thoughts for next season. Yes. Let us know what you want to hear. Yes, please. We want to hear from you. We receive all the feedback that y'all give. We truly do. We take it to heart and we try our best to make this podcast as great as possible for you all. So we love y'all. We thank y'all. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, share, and follow on the Truth and Grace Podcast Facebook and Instagram pages. And don't forget to tell a friend.